0: Hello, Duck fans. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the show. Really glad to have you back. And uh, I want to start out by thanking those frontline workers out there. Not only those of you who are keeping the shelves stocked in the grocery stores running for the rest of us, but also the healthcare workers who are in those healthcare facilities, keeping people uh, alive and, and as healthy as possible. Thank you very much. Really appreciate you. I also appreciate you listeners tuning in. We got a exciting show for you. Uh, today we're kicking off our weekly position group breakdown. We're going to be spending Thursdays and Fridays breaking down various position groups for the 2020 uh, Oregon Ducks football team. And uh, I'm going to be joined by sports journalist James Voss. And uh, today we're going to do the quarterback room tomorrow. We're going to do the running backs room and it's got a really, we got a really exciting conversation and breakdown of that position and really, uh, what I come to call an embarrassment of riches. So tune in and listen to that next week on McCormick Mondays, we're going to be going over the Oregon ducks football schedule for this coming year. Very exciting stuff there. We got, uh, Uh, a bit of a gauntlet to run for the first couple of games, so we're going to be talking about that. And then on Tuesday, we're going to, and maybe Wednesday, got some really good interviews with the national shows to discuss uh, the undrafted rookie free agents and the the drafted Ducks. So uh, that'll be on Tuesday and part of Wednesday. I do want to get to some basketball uh, in there as well, so go ahead and uh, look forward to that. In the meantime, I'm going to reach down here and flip the switch. You have too much to give to stay silent.
1: That's what he said. That's what he believed. That's what he lived. The American in front, almost a cult in the United States. He's a sort of athletic people. Now wait
0: a minute.
1: It's official. Oregon is going to be in the BCS championship game.
0: Welcome to Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, which makes it your daily source for info, updates, and analysis on your Oregon Ducks. My name is Jordan Long, your host. You can always find me on Twitter at TheDustoffGuy, and you can always find the show on Twitter at Locked on Ducks. Also on Twitter, uh, send in those questions and comments using the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtags ask L-O-D-P-O-D. And if Twitter's not your jam, check out the Locked on Ducks Facebook page. Go ahead, like, and uh, you can send in comments there as well. Speaking of liking, go ahead and click, subscribe, or follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And if it's Apple Podcasts, really appreciate the 5 out of 5 stars review. Great way to support and help the show and leave a show review. I read them all and uh, we'll be getting to them in our mailbag section as soon as we can. But for now, on to the action. All right, I'm joined by James Voss. He's a U of O graduate. Parents uh, grew up in Eugene, and he's been a season ticket holder all his life. He's actually the producer of JamesVoss.net and contributor for Autzen Zoo and Blazer's Edge. You can always find him on Twitter at Who's the Voss? Love that. And uh, his YouTube channel, James Voss. How you doing, James?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Jordan.
0: Absolutely super excited to be able to break down the positions today. We're starting with quarterbacks. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to be doing running backs tomorrow. And then you can always find me and James talking uh, position groups Thursdays and Fridays until we get through the entire 2020 roster. Very exciting stuff. You know, I think it's it's natural to start with uh, Tyler Shuck. I, I've used this word before, heir apparent, and I and and we're going to get into this in, in detail at the end. But uh, Tyler Shuck has backed up Justin Herbert and got a few starts. Right, six foot five. Now, here's what I like about Tyler Shuck: 187 pounds in high school, 205 pounds as a freshman, and 219 as a redshirt freshman and sophomore. So he's filling out very nicely. Now this guy's a four-star 24-7 composite recruit. Now, I always use that 24-7 composite number because it's, a, it's an amalgam of all the UPN and Rivals uh, uh, ratings out there. So he actually had 24 offers, which included Alabama, Georgia, Michigan. He actually committed to North Carolina and then switched to Oregon in October of 2017 enrolling in January of 2018. He's played in eight games at Oregon, getting some real time in five of them. And in fact, in 2019, those five games, he was 12 for 15, 144 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and two rushes for uh, 11 yards. The tail of the tape shows that he has a lot more mobility than I think he gets credit for. And in fact, I'm willing to call him a dual threat quarterback Whereas Justin Herbert was a pro-style quarterback who was able to escape the pocket when necessary. And I think this lends itself to designed runs, scrambles, and hopefully snaps from the gun as well as under center. What do you think, James?
1: I think you are right on with your evaluation of him as the heir apparent uh, to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, obviously, uh, at or near the top of, of so many categories in terms of Oregon quarterbacks, just all time. Uh, and and as much as, as well as he's loved in Eugene, I think Tyler Shuck, when you look at him, he looks to be... Uh, at or near the same level as Justin Herbert in terms of ceiling, uh, a, a where where he could be at the end of his career uh, in Eugene, I think he is. For all the, I, I first I want to start with like. The criticisms of whether or not they're criticisms of Justin Herbert throughout his career or mm-hmm. how he was utilized. Um, you talk about mobility. I totally think you're right on uh, Tyler Shuck. seems to be just a little more mobile or maybe he was just ran more by Arroyo and Cristobal uh, mm-hmm. because he was the the backup and he wasn't the NFL prospect at the time. And and so he was given a little more. Uh, they took the, the reins and the shackles off just a little bit. Uh, in letting him move around and uh, he seemed to take advantage of that especially like uh, in that one play in his most time that he got in the most significant time uh, in that USC game where he uh, handed the ball off and he ran out he was out blocking he was lead blocking that's right and and cracked the Trojan on his back and it just proved like he was just a little he was showing that athleticism showing that size that you talk about and uh, he he kind of come in in his moments that he's come in he's also proved to be very steady he is that starting quarterback steadiness to him he he understood arroyo's offense he's an arroyo recruit uh and, and uh within the crystal ball system is as i'm sure we'll, we'll start talking about as we talk about an adjustment to joe moorhead um but also another criticism that uh Herbert got a lot in his career was that he locked on to receivers mm-hmm. uh, especially in his, his junior season uh where basically like you had to lock on to Dylan Mitchell otherwise I don't know who you were locking on to but um in in Chuck's significant time that he had against Nevada he actually went eight for nine uh to eight different receivers so it it just proves that he's like uh, he has that vision. He has that ability to to go throughout his his progressions as a quarterback, and and he's definitely uh, mindful and he's steady. And I think like that's everything you want in a starting quarterback, especially someone who has to come in and probably in, in terms of productivity won't immediately fill the shoes of a guy like Justin Herbert. Because how could you, especially in your first year as a starting quarterback? But he is absolutely ready, and I think that uh, he's starting off at such a high level than Justin Herbert did in his, in his first year as his starting quarterback and uh, his ceiling, I think is even higher than Justin Herbert's. And I know that's, that's crazy to say in someone who you haven't seen a ton of, but uh, I, I couldn't be more excited about Tyler Lashaw. I'm so glad
0: you brought up that uh, eight for nine passing to eight different receivers because you know, my my pro comparison for uh, Justin Herbert is Carson Wentz and for better or worse, he's a first read passer and a first or second read passer staring down that, 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 that receiver. And that's okay. It can be trained out of him, and that's going to be fine. And I, I think Justin Herbert's going to be great, but I'm really glad you brought up the eight different receivers thing because it shows someone who's cool under pressure and able to make all his reads. But let's move on to another uh, uh, player who's currently on the roster. Kale Millen is red shirt, freshman six foot four, 210 pounds. Now Uh, He was only a three, only, right? Only. I can't (laughs) throw a ball over my roof. But Uh uh, he was a three-star recruit uh, per 24-7 sports. And his father was Hugh Millen, uh, a journeyman backup and practice squad QB from 84 to 96. Rams, Falcons, Patriots, Cowboys, Dolphins, Broncos, Saints. Uh, so this is someone who grew up in a household understanding what it's like to learn the game, be smart, and be adaptable. He did have shoulder surgery last year, and as a shirt freshman, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the scouting team or or really be someone there for us in two or three years when Tyler Shuck moves on.
1: Yeah, I, I think Kale Millen, as I know he struggled last year with the injury, but uh, I think he And I wish he would have gotten a little more time uh, probably last year to practice. And this spring would have been a really wonderful time to see exactly where he falls in the depth chart. Unfortunately, he loses that time, as, as we'll, we'll go through with some other, especially younger quarterbacks and, and how well they could have utilized this time. But he comes from a, a lineage of professional football and, and journeyman backups, I think, are probably the smartest guys in the NFL. Brian like, Fitzmagic. Like, <clears throat> They they have they have especially like the Harvard lineage right there, but uh, it's it's incredible the amount of time and effort that they have to put in to study and be ready uh, for when if and when their number gets called and and uh, they have plenty of time and and you come from a family that that hammers that kind of knowledge into you, uh, you're absolutely ready for football at any level, uh, and so Kale Millen could show up within the first four to five games of the year especially in some garbage time uh and and depending on where he falls Mm -hmm. in the depth chart but it's interesting because there's so many as we'll get to it so many young really exciting quarterbacks that are going to be coming in front of him it's difficult and and i wrote about it in my piece that, that previewed uh the 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 whole quarterback room you see it all throughout college football. There's these young quarterbacks that end up in a log jam depth chart, log jammed quarterback room. And, and after they've utilized their red shirt season, they're kind of looking like, well, either I get the starting job or is there someone else I sh- somewhere else I should be looking? And I wouldn't knock anybody for that kind of decision. Uh, Joe Burrow did the same thing and he found himself in a, in a position that fit him well and, and really uh, used his strengths to, uh, to a Heisman and national championship level. And so not that I'm saying that Cale Millen doesn't have what it takes to be a, a guy at Oregon, uh, doesn't have what it takes to be a significant contributor. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if depending on how how fall practice goes, uh, barring that we have fall practice, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the, those first four to five games of the year, how much we see of Cale Millen will indicate whether or not after those four games of eligibility, he gets to uh, then decide whether or not this is his long-term college decision or if he chooses to go elsewhere. Uh, I just really hope he doesn't head back to his home state of Washington for his own sake. I, I totally agree. I, and I want to
0: get to sophomore Bradley Yeffie but uh, we got to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, we're going to be back in just a second. This is Locked on Ducks. I'm with James Voss, and uh, we're going to be talking more Oregon Ducks quarterbacks in just a second. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks. I'm your host Jordan Long, and I'm here with James Voss from JamesVoss.net. He's done a great uh, 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 sports journalism reporting on these this QB group. I encourage you to go over and check it out. But for right now, I want to move on to sophomore Bradley Yaffe, six foot three, two hundred fourteen pounds. Again, a pro-style quarterback, right? Not the same dual threat that we've been talking about. A two-star recruit per 24-7 sports, there wasn't a composite available for that one. Uh, but he is a, a scouting quarterback, a very good one, and... I was really impressed by the tape on him. Um, is, is he just going to be a
1: scout team quarterback and, and help back these guys up in, in case of an emergency or, or what? I think that's probably uh, pretty accurate in, in assuming that his his greatest contributions to uh, this Oregon team will probably happen on the practice field. I re- consistently read uh, Rob Mosley's practice reports on GoDucks.com. And, and I, I hear him gushing and gushing about Brad Yaffe, especially in the way that he helps them prepare for other pro-style quarterbacks. Uh, uh, heard a lot about his contributions in how they prepared for Keaton Slovis uh, in that USC game. It's incredible that uh, we're so loaded. We have like a winner in this depth chart so far down the depth chart. Uh, Yaffe just seems to be smart and steady and uh well capable of of playing that role in practice as well as being an incredible like incredibly important part in the in-game situation in calling the plays it's not necessarily the chip kelly holding up big big cards Mm -hmm. responsibility (laughs) uh but but the signaling, the communication, uh, uh, He, if he's succeeding in practice, that means he knows the playbook front to back. And I'm sure that he'll be able to, to adjust to whatever Joe Moorhead throws at him and understanding. And this QB room works as a unit. It's not just the guy up front. It's the guy who he knows is backing him up. It's the the system of backup quarterbacks and who help prepare and show things on the, uh, the defense as their game planning, as well as calling the plays in during the in game situation, uh, uh, depending on how Joe Moorhead and Mario Cristobal work and mesh together. But I'm sure Brad Yaffe is going to be incredibly. Uh, contributing member of this quarterback room.
0: So we got a couple of uh, signees that I'm very excited about. In fact, both of them I'm very excited about. And the one we're gonna talk about second, maybe I'm a little bit more excited about, but let's start with <laughs> let's start with Jay Butterfield. Very highly regarded recruit okay six foot six that's is a tall dude still filling out he's only 202 pounds he is a pro style quarterback according to 24 7 but when i watched his highlight reel i saw plenty of mobility and i think under a, an offense that focuses on a dual threat he could actually develop into that he's not done getting bigger that's for sure got a lot of filling out to do his father was mark butterfield who played for stanford and then the cardinals practice squad is a Backup quarterback for the Bears as well in 1996. So, again, that good lineage. He's a four star recruit and uh, a third best pro style quarterback in the nation, according to 24 7 Sports, and the fourth best by rivals. He's got a three year career record of 32 and 5, over 7,000 yards, 85 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, and Uh, He chose Oregon over Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Central Michigan, Colorado, Fresno State, Oregon State, I got to throw in Oregon State and Washington. And uh, he was part of the December signing class and enrolled in January. Now, this is someone I'm super excited about. And already, we haven't gotten to Robbie Ashford or Anthony Brown, but already I'm excited
1: about who we have on the roster. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, and and you say six six, and John Elway is already getting excited to draft this guy. He's, he's <laughs> he is, uh, it's incredible that in a recruiting class where we nail a six six four star number three pro style quarterback in the nation, he's almost unfortunately for him, he's almost the second the after note to. Mm-hmm the Robbie Ashford flip, uh, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get to Jay absolutely made the right decision. I think in early enrolling, uh, he gets that time on campus, even if, uh, uh, there's not a lot. And now we're, we're showing that early enrolling unfortunately doesn't have as big of an impact as it would have in a non COVID spring term. Right. Uh, but, uh, what a lot of people overlook in the Oregon, Uh, school year is the the three terms the the fall the winter and the spring uh and and he had that time from january of Mm uh this year all up until he had an entire winter term to familiarize himself with eugene sort of get into some sort of a a a routine and understand and meet his his future teammates and just be around the program that's invaluable time whether or not he gets Uh, uh, despite the fact that he's missing out on the spring practice of it all uh, as well as everybody else is he's absolutely gaining invaluable information knowledge and, and just like college experience that that a lot of people overlook in the adjustment period and uh, I hope that we can find ways to uh, maintain his redshirt year this year most likely uh, and then find a way where uh, he falls into a place where eventually he'll he'll become someone who we look to to possibly be a starter during uh, one of his last two years.
0: We've experienced some injury concerns, and it's really good to know that uh, we have this kind of depth. Uh, I do want to uh, get to Robbie Ashford, another signee. He came in in December, so he has that, you know, like you said, that winter term. Even has a few weeks on 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 Jay, but this guy had offers from Auburn, Ole Miss, hmm, uh, Florida, Colorado. So you you know, I, I see Florida, Auburn, Ole Miss, and I start getting these SEC uh, vibes, but. Six foot two hundred pounds. Now Robbie Ashford, and to be honest, I, I I'm a bit higher on Jay Butterfield as someone who could develop into a, a dual threat quarterback. But ro- what Robbie Ashford brings is that dual threat to the table. A uh, a four star twenty four seven composite recruit out of high school, really outstanding player. Very
1: very high on him too. Uh, is this just an embarrassment of riches? I think uh, we're getting to the point where, absolutely, especially with this young group of of freshmen, redshirt freshmen, uh, I I I know that uh, it, we should be absolutely excited about a guy like Robbie Ashford coming in, and and I'm already hearing scuttlebutt about whether or not he'll be this, he'll end up being the second string at the end of the uh, uh, mm-hmm. around the beginning of the year, and I think there's definitely a possibility, especially uh, for what. Uh, we think that we're going to see in terms of mobility in our quarterbacks, uh, but like, and, and just to to circle back to your point about you seeing SEC stuff, I won't I won't toss any to- stones at SEC because uh, if he was getting offers from Ole Miss and Auburn and ended up going to Oregon, and we think they was getting money offers from Ole Miss and Auburn, that just means we outbid them. So yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want right. to. Uh, implicate uh, any other uh, recruiting uh, strategies, but it, it's definitely exciting to see us, one, competing with uh, uh, SEC teams in terms of recruiting and that's just the crystal ball difference. That's what we uh, obviously see in in his motor, in his effort, and his outlook on recruiting. And I think Ashford definitely has, he, he reminds me of the kind of quarterbacks that were coming in right around uh, the Darren Thomas mhm uh, uh, Marcus Mariota sort of uh, Dennis Dixon that like that, that was the kind of quarterback that we were seeing the yeah. little skinnier, dual threat hand balled down in in one hand when he's scrambling around uh, as sort of uh, just kind of exciting quarterback and and Johnny football-esque uh, sort <laughs> yes, of thing. and and so I totally understand the excitement behind him uh, not even just discounting his last minute flip from an SEC school that's just excitement in terms of uh what oregon wants to see in in the progression of recruiting but i I think i agree i think him and jay butterfield right now are are one and one a in terms of the Mm freshman and and despite any wind that might have taken out of jay butterfield's sails when he made that last second when ashford made that last second flip i think they're they're both like coming in the same sort of footing uh and i'm excited to see how the staff can develop and set each one apart and see where they fall it's going to be a fantastic
0: competition. I'm looking forward to watching it going forward. Uh, this is Jordan. This is Locked on Ducks. I'm here with James Voss. And we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about probably the most controversial pick. But but I got something that, that's going to settle this argument and not, uh, not make it so controversial. So stay tuned for Anthony Brown. And uh, then we're going to wrap up by talking about uh, what this depth chart is going to look like. We'll be back in just a second. All right. Welcome back to Lock on Ducks. My name is Jordan Long, your host. and I'm here with James Voss, and we are talking about the 2020 Oregon Ducks football roster, uh, the quarterbacks group. We've already talked about Robbie Ashford, Jay Butterfield, Bradley Yaffe, Cale Millen, and of course, my man, Tyler Shuck. So... Uh, what I want to do is move on to Anthony Brown. One of the more controversial choices. Let me, let me share a little bit about Anthony Brown and then we can get into the controversy. And I, and I think I I can put this to rest, but but we'll see. So six foot two, two twenty, fully developed, right. As far as a college college build is concerned, uh, went to St. John Vanny and, uh, Cliffwood, New Jersey, only a three-star composite recruit. He is a dual threat quarterback, which is interesting. Now, his high school record there at at St. John, and I'm not going to try and pronounce that again, was 21-2, 58 touchdowns, and almost 4,500 yards. And he set the school record with 11 wins and has just, you know, this laundry list of high school accolades. He had offers from Penn State, Duke, Virginia Tech, uh, Northwestern, and he, he actually chose Boston College. Like, it indicates what a smart player he is. I really appreciate that. In 28 games played over three years, he's a 55% completion percentage, 40 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. He did have uh, almost 130 rushes for 423 yards and four touchdowns. And in 2017, he tore his ACL. And then an abdominal injury in 2018 sidelined him for a bit as well. Now, this is what makes the call controversial, right? We got maybe an injury-prone injury prone quarterback with a 50%, 55% completion rating coming onto the squad. Let me go ahead and get your take, James,
1: before I, 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 I try and settle this controversy. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I definitely uh, understand why some people might be trepidatious about this pick, just let alone like you. we come in with such a young quarterback room and such a stacked quarterback room. We just added two uh, true freshman quarterbacks in the recruiting class, and all of a sudden we come out to be apparently on the market for a grad transfer quarterback, which I know are all the rage in college football. But uh, it, it just sort of like surprised everybody on in the, the news feed of, of mm-hmm. oh we're getting we're getting a, a grad transfer quarterback, let alone one that we really probably a lot of people in Eugene have never heard of. Uh, but uh, I think like especially because you're coming in with no proven starters on the roster, Tyler Shuck being the closest thing to that. Uh, you, you can't discount the idea of bringing in someone who's been a three-year starter, uh, albeit in the ACC, but still mm-hmm, three-year mm-hmm. starter in, college, in Power 5 college football. Um, he adds something. To, I, th- I think he adds something to the group. And it's interesting that you noted he was uh, uh, out of high school, a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, one thing that I noted in, in sort of my breakdown of – Anthony Brown, a lot of people talking about uh, how he would be uh, possibly a a mobile answer or mobile... Uh, quarterback and and just looking at his three-year career at boston college albeit has had some injuries in there Uh, i'm just comparing the the numbers to herbert's numbers which i know a lot of people complained about how little he ended up running especially Mm -hmm. near the tail end of his career uh you noted it brown rushed for 129 129 carries on 423 yards and four touchdowns versus herbert's three-year season mark which also had an injury in the middle of his sophomore year was 173 carries for 510 yards and nine touchdowns it's it they're they're basically comparable numbers uh uh, at the three year career mark uh and in fact i i think like especially in terms of productivity it's five less touchdowns than justin herbert um and so you're kind of if you're expecting uh, for Anthony Brown to be this this mobile answer to what you what you complain about Arroyo and and what they did with Herbert, uh, he's not really going to be that. I think he's absolutely a, a passer and experienced guy. Uh, but but looking at him as as going to be this mobile quarterback just probably isn't. It's not right.
0: <laughs> so I, I'm kind of like on the fence. And, and let me my my settling of this controversy cuts uh, two different ways now. First of all, if this were a regular season, I'd be surprised if he saw the field and I'd be surprised if they even brought him on. So first of all, you mentioned, and we talked about his experience. And to me, this seems like bringing on a veteran backup in the NFL kind of situation where you have someone who has seen a lot of different defenses and is a smart player and can, Uh, provide some tutelage as a graduate transfer to a relatively young quarterback room but here's where I come down on the controversy and that is to say COVID-19 is here there may be no practice well heck there may be no uh, uh, football god forbid but right now there's going to be no practices and if they need someone who can take the field as a three-year starter in the event that no one gets to practice until, you know, k- kickoff against North Dakota State, they have someone who has actually started for three years. Yes, there are some injuries. Yes, there are some concerns. But this is a veteran uh, at the college level, a veteran quarterback who can come in in the case of no offseason or an abridged season. Yeah,
1: and I think even COVID-19 notwithstanding, you... Uh, you've noted that Oregon has a laundry list of, uh, unfortunate starting quarterback injuries and the, you don't even, you hardly even talk about the backups or the list of backups that come in behind those quarterbacks in, in Kellen Clemens, Dennis Dixon seasons. (laughs) Um, like, like just the, the, Oh, that guy names of cody kempt and justin roper and whoever else came in none of those guys had starting experience brady leaf none of those guys had true like like real experience and so the seasons suffered and hit such an unfortunate halt because of an injury like that and with such a young group even if and because tyler shuck is the starter and is the guy who we expect to be there if god forbid something were to happen to him we you like you said a three three year starter anthony brown could step in and it wouldn't be just deer and headlights uh like Mm -hmm. we've seen in in some other just heartbreaking Oregon football yes
0: oh man such good stuff uh is there anything you want to
1: uh
0: add before i go ahead and wrap up the show
1: um i think the biggest thing to me is uh while i am seeing all this uh great coverage of justin herbert's career uh and his nfl draft prospects and and everyone keeps listing uh uh, the the things that he's overcome going from 4-8 his freshman year uh, to winning the Rose Bowl his senior year. And it's an incredible accomplishment. Everyone keeps noting that he went through three different head coaches and three different sets of coaching staffs throughout his career. Uh, and that was something that he overcame and, and had to seriously work through. And while I know that uh, Marcus Arroyo's departure uh, was on his own volition because it kind of seemed like the writing was on the wall, Uh, that he was going to not be here uh, for uh, much longer in Eugene. Um, I think it's something to note that Marcus Arroyo recruited Tyler Shuck, taught him his offense for the first two years, and every time Tyler Shuck came in, he kind of made that Arroyo offense look even better uh, than maybe Justin Herbert did at times. And so it's interesting to me, uh, especially not having this spring term, um, how Joe Moorhead finds that that space to work with Tyler Shock and adjust him to his system, which I'm excited for and I think a lot of Duck fans are rightly excited to to see where Joe Moorhead works within Crystal system versus how uh, Marcus Taroya worked within Chris Ball system. I, I really hope that, especially if there are some learning curves at the beginning of the year, we have such, Oregon has such a uh, gauntlet of a schedule in the first two games. Uh, God forbid something were to happen uh, uh, in where Chuck kind of struggles at the very beginning against. Teams that nobody would blame him for struggling mm-hmm. against, uh, just calling for for Joe Moorhead as a boss. Joe Moorhead is is a, a bad quarterback <laughs> or bad coach, or, or calling for Robbie Ashford, and Anthony Brown to replace him. Uh, just like understanding and putting in perspective the career and adjustments that Justin freaking Herbert had to go through to become himself and, and to step into the number six overall pick in the NFL draft is something that I'm excited to watch the evolution of this career. We got to watch Justin Herbert grow up in front of our own eyes and, and Tyler Shuck is coming probably with a half a step in front of where we saw mm-hmm. Justin Herbert begin his career and and there are going to be hiccups. There are absolutely going to be hiccups with Tyler Shuck. It, it, as, as excited as I am at the possibility of competing for Pac-12 titles and, and Playoffs, especially this year, and I don't think we should discount the fact that Oregon should be in those conversations. hmm we should expect to see some growing pains in, in a guy like Tyler Shuck and we should not be thinking of abandoning him. I'm sort of like coming at the head of, of any sort of early on uh, uh criticism of Tyler Shuck. I will go to bow, bat for Tyler Shuck uh, in, in understanding that he is going to grow up right in front of us as well as the rest of this quarterback room. And, and I think we have to really understand like where Herbert went, what he went through and where he ended up versus Tyler Shucks coming in and a better situation, absolutely, Uh, and and where that ceiling can end up being at the end of it, uh, I think we have to be incredibly excited to see that growth.
0: Uh, I'm really excited about this Oregon squad, and it's been really fun talking about the quarterbacks. I I really want the listeners to go ahead and check out your blog on jamesvoss.net. You can read up uh, all these opinions and more on the quarterbacks group, as well as other uh, uh, great coverage of Oregon Ducks, men's, women's basketball, and Oregon football. Uh, You can always find him on Twitter at who's the Voss, V-O-S, and check out his YouTube channel. Just uh, look up YouTube James Voss. And tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the running backs position group. Very excited to do that. C.J. Verdell, what's next? You know, a lot of people coming up through the ranks. It's very, very good stuff it's the Joe Moore, Mario Cristobal offense transitions to even more run heavy, right? 60-40, maybe. This is exciting times. Really looking forward to talking about that. Uh, what are we going to be talking about next Thursday and Friday?
1: Hopefully, we're talking about the wide receivers and then the tight end groups. Uh, uh, some a lot of change in the tight ends and uh, not a lot of change in the wide receivers, but a, a couple of guys uh, that are going to be coming up uh, Devin Williams. Of course, I'm going to be excited about and uh, uh, really excited to just figure out who these guys are going to be throwing to.
0: Yeah. What can, what can we expect from uh, Jalen red and uh, Johnny Johnson and, uh, my man, Hunter Campmore, very excited oh to goodness. watch his career. I got to go ahead and uh, close it out. We've, we're going a little long, uh, so I'm going to do that. All right, this has been Locked on Ducks. Remember to follow the show at Locked on Ducks. My name is Jordan Long. You can always find me on Twitter at the Dustoff Guy. And do send in those questions and comments. I want to know what you think about uh, how we graded the depth chart here on quarterbacks. Go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at Ask Lod Pod, that's hashtags, ask L-O-D-P-O-D, and if you're not into Twitter, you can always find us on Facebook at uh, Locked on Ducks, you can all find me on Facebook at Jordan, just look Jordan Long, the the photo there is uh, the Locked on Ducks logo, so you can't miss it. Don't forget to click subscribe or follow uh, on your favorite podcasting platform, go ahead and leave, uh, if you're an Apple Podcast subscriber, go ahead and leave 5 out of 5 stars, really appreciate that. Yeah, it's just been really good talking about the quarterbacks here. we got some good stuff coming up, running backs tomorrow. Monday, on McCormick Mondays, we're going to be going over the 2020 football schedule. Really tough schedule to start out, and if we win those first couple of games, I think we can run the table. So that's going to be a good conversation on Tuesday. We're going to be closing out the UDFAs and the draftees. we got some good stuff from Locked On Chargers about Justin Herbert. Uh, Patricia Trainer from Locked On Giants talking about Shane Lemieux. Really good stuff coming up. Go ahead and uh, look forward to that. In the meantime, take care, be safe, stay healthy, stay socially distanced, but remember to have fun. Love y'all, take care, and remember, go ducks.